Good evening, you're listening to Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of Idle Thumbs. Ah, Are we now? Wait no, a minute, wait really. a minute. No, what? Aren't the <laughs> Idle Thumbs? No, they're just, they're just our umbrella organization. They, they, they're the they front. Were, I thought they were the robot overlords. Are we all pod people now or something? It would it would explain their efficiency. All right, well, let's get down to business and talk Far Cry 2. Uh, um, all no. the time. All the time. We've got the full regular panel here this week, uh, which is fitting because we're all good pals, and our topic this week is co-op gaming. So why don't we just dive right in and uh, Troy? This this was kind of this was kind of your idea. Was it? So, Oh yeah, probably. <laughs> I have so many ideas in a day, Rob. I just you know lose Troy, track. Of... Troy, Troy, Troy. You're you're an idea man. I am an idea man. If you fund my MMO. Oh God, that. The, there's we should do a podcast on 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 sad Kickstarters because there's there's a lot of good fodder. Oh there. yeah, there's there... a lot of sad strategy game Kickstarters out there too. There's oh so no, many, that would like, break my heart too much. Uh, there really are. There's so many of them that are just like. I have this great idea for a territory control game, and here's my cardboard prototype, and I only need $6,000 to oh, get a printed in China, and like three people give him 50 bucks, and you know they're all related. Oh, man. Yeah. See, yeah. this is... Maybe we shouldn't do that topic. I, I think that would Instead, be... Instead, let's talk about being nice to each other. Let's talk about co-op yeah. sometimes about being nice. But yeah, I mean, this was a topic that came to me when we were talking about war game European escalation. Uh, I mean, it's something we've talked about and talked around before, and I may have had the idea in my head before that, but um, we talked about Wargame European Escalation last week, and how it doesn't really have a chance for you to do a, a co-op comp stomp type thing. I mean, you can have teams and play against other humans in multiplayer, but when I think of you know, an RTS co-op, I think of the classic comp stomp, where you're a bunch of you and your friends go in, you take on a whole bunch of AI, and you work together. Uh, to bring down uh, the bad guys. And WEE really doesn't let that happen. Um, even though it's one of my favorite ways to play games, especially with people who are of varying skill levels, you know, super RTS gurus like Tom and people who wonder why Age of Empires doesn't move in turns like Bruce. Hmm. We have, it's a great way to, you know, get everybody working together and learning the game and. I it's a great really, way to learn a game, too. I think really it's is. absolutely the best way to learn a big, complex game, especially if it's an RTS yeah. of any kind. Like, I mean, for, Sins of a Solar Empire. Rise of Nations. <laughs> I mean, those are two great games that, you know, I think work really well as co-op games because they're nice, fast sessions, and there's a lot of variety. And people will talk about what makes a good co-op game later. Like, this is a whole longish, long thing about what makes a good co-op game as opposed to just a game that has co-op. Um, and then, of course, the whole board game thing, which is another issue altogether. But yeah, I and mean, this is something that came up to me. Um, I thought we were going to talk about Shadows over Camelot. <sighs> Stop. All, already with oh, the we'll get there. Already we'll get with there. the treason. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and this is what uh, uh, this is what brought it to mind. Um, so, well, this so is, yeah, I should I should actually interject because. Um, so what brought it to mind is the fact, yeah, War Game doesn't have uh, the co-op skirmish ability right now. I actually emailed uh, PR just this morning, actually, to because uh, I've heard I've heard that is going to be patched in, mm-hmm. and they confirmed that actually the developers now are because it's been so overwhelmingly requested by everybody who plays RTS games, basically. Right. Uh, Yugen is basically trying to get that uh, patched in as quickly as possible. It's looking to come. 
sometime in April, maybe. So eventually we're going to be able to do that. And it's, it's a good thing, honestly, because uh, I, I've got a few games that I've been trying to... I've got a few friends who have been trying to get into Wargame. And, you know, I mean, it's something that the people I play RTSs with have come to expect it so much that, yeah, not being able to play together on the same team and just sort of, like, chat and work together is a huge turnoff. Like, we could just play, you know, solo one-on-one games and I could talk them through it, but they're just not as interested. Well, and and when you when you do that, right? If you're trying to teach somebody a strategy game and you know it really well, and they're starting, you end up in that situation of trying to like when you're trying to teach somebody to play advanced squad leader, right? And there's just no chance that the other guy has even the remotest hope of victory, because in a big complex title, uh, you know, just knowing the game is half the battle, right? So so those trying to teach somebody a strategy game by playing one v one against them in a competitive environment is pretty demoralizing for the guy who's learning the game. Yeah, I mean, that's... But uh, I, I was actually looking up um, cooperative war games. I, I, I was thinking off the top of my head. I couldn't really think of any. Uh, that, you mean like old-school, like, chip-based war game type yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I couldn't really think of any, and then I... I so I, I gave in, and I went to Board Game Geek and searched for it, and I, I couldn't really... There, there are really no good ones uh where you and somebody else have to co- I mean the whole idea of a cooperative board game I think is actually a pretty uh pretty recent kind I, of I uh, think it very much is yeah phenomenon I think yeah so um and and even then you know I mean there's a it, there's a fine line between cooperative board games and really solitaire board games in which you know, it doesn't really matter whether you're playing with somebody else or not. You could really kind of play, having that other person there, you're you're collaborating with them to such an extent that, uh, you know, you really could be just you. Um, right. Well, I, I mean, I think that's actually a, a potential problem in uh, even something like Sins of a Solar Empire. I mean, I remember when I was first teaching a few people how to play that when I was really hot on it and had just come out. Um, and I got, you know, as I often do, I'll get really engrossed in a game and I'll just play nothing but that for a couple of weeks. Okay. And I, and I'm, a, I'm not a particularly great person at teach a person at teaching other people games anyway. I, I'm, yeah. it's not something I think I'm a, that, that's a skill in and of itself being mm-hmm. able to teach a game. And so I'd get people in Skype and we'd be, you know, doing like a 2v2 comp stomp or something like that to try to teach them. And what I found myself doing was effectively trying to make them my handyman. <laughs> you know, like, okay, you play this guy and you're just going to focus on the economy. So build this and then build this and then build this. And effectively, I was playing two people. And that's not really that much fun either, right? That's not teaching somebody to the game. That's just having them, uh, you know, handle the controls of something you can't quite handle at the same time. Right? Oh, man. Do you remember... Um... I had a friendship nearly end over cooperative StarCraft. What? Uh, so do you remember in, in StarCraft, maybe this is still a feature, I don't know, but you could basically play, it wasn't you You each played, it wasn't like there were two players, it was you were like playing one player's seat. Okay, so you're both in there working from out of the same you know Nexus or the same command center or whatever. But oh god, you, you I never played that side. way. I don't even remember that. Yeah, so you you totally could. So yeah, it was so basically, it, you know, you could you you had two brains controlling one side, which was pretty cool. The problem is all the resources were pooled. So I mean, you know, you're it's it's basically yeah, you're, you're two brains playing you know playing the same game together, and 
Well, StarCraft, things happen very quickly. And so I remember I was just getting just infuriated because I was fending off, like, wave after wave of air attacks. Uh, and and the the guy was wor- the guy I was working with uh, we were playing the Zerg we were we were sending off wave after wave of like Terran air attacks and I was like okay we destroy the air force now go go wreck his base with our mutalisks and he just he just wouldn't he he just he just held back so finally I just threw a fit and I was like you know what fine I guess I'll be the one to press the advantage and wouldn't you know that this is the one time because I'd scouted the base before and somehow this time there were like a million photon cannons there. And uh, so, so I go charging in there with basically our, our entire game's worth of mutalisks and everything, and we just get chewed up. And that's pretty much the end of the game. Except at that point, it was just, it was this ugly rupture that opened between us, like over the proper way to play StarCraft. Uh, so it was it was this interesting hazard where I've never had that happen. I've, I've never had that happen in a game where you're, you're both sort of your, your allies, but when you're sort of playing the same seat, I don't know. There was a there was a backseat driver quality to it. Like at, at first, it was really fun to have this sort of uh, you know sharing one mind, you know, one common purpose, and it was like you'd be in two places at once. But man, once once you actually had to start making decisions, mm-hmm. oof, it was like joint command was just not going to work. Yeah. Well, we I I actually do a, a fair amount of that with um, uh, a really good friend of mine is is just a complete company of heroes freak. He loves the game. Has been uh, playing it for years, and uh, I don't obviously don't play much of anything very often, but uh, I like getting on and, and doing the standard comp stomp with him. Uh, but <clears throat> my satisfaction comes from, you know, he he'll give me tasks. He'll say, okay, go and send some guys to that bridge and put up some barricades, put up some sandbags, and then put some. Uh, uh, tank traps, right. and then hold and, it, and then yeah, I'll and tell then, you what yeah, to exactly, do next. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and I'd be like, okay, boss, and then I'll go, you know, do that, and uh, and like the guys will come and I'll shoot them and blow me up. They're like, oh, okay, I did that. Now what do I do? He's like, okay, get some more guys and go try <laughs> to break. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's I mean it's to that level, but that's right? That's very you know, satisfying. It I is. Agree it with is. You. That's I, very yeah. satisfying. That's how I am in Men of War, uh, you know, Assault Squad. Well, right? that's how it's we like, wish you were. Christ. <laughs> 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 oh fuck you all! But yeah, but I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it's ahead. very satisfying. I agree with you. Yeah, it's and and it and it allows. I mean, his his level of skill at the game. I mean, he plays it regularly, uh, and I don't have the opportunity to do that. So, um, you know, he can. We can we can talk about stuff. We can enjoy playing together. But he's not hampered by the fact like uh, he is when we play League of Legends together, where he's level thirty and I'm. I can't even remember what level I am. I think eleven. And, uh, you know, when we play together, it's, uh, you know, we generally play against bots because trying to get a, organize a game uh, where we're playing against other people, the levels are going to be all screwed up. But, um, yeah, that kind of that kind of that ability to sort of um, share your knowledge with uh, with another player is a lot of fun. Now, I I don't want to um, I don't want to derail this yet because uh, I have other things to derail it with. But uh, um, I do want to mention one method of co-op gameplay that I don't think really falls into the standard definition, but which I used to do a ton of, which is just, which was, for example, like playing XCOM. I played XCOM and Myst uh, with another really good friend of mine, a different friend, um, was basically just a few years after I got out of college, and, um, you know, we're both living in the same big city, and, uh, uh, you know, 
I would go over to his apartment and we would just spend hours like on some weekends we would spend like the whole day and the whole night uh, switching on and off uh, between missions and then so one person would control the guys and then the other person would kind of stand behind him with a beer telling him don't do that or what the hell are you doing <laughs> or you know oh yep. that's a go oh, yeah that's a good that's a good move yeah oh get get the guy behind there um and so it was like uh, what's that thing called uh is that a successor game yeah successor game the successor mean, game that, that's that's really popular in all sorts of formats like i mean people do that with civilization mm-hmm. they do it with minecraft of all things they do it with yeah. you know any place you can pass a save game around right. i mean there was a right. Um, a great Dwarf Fortress, one of those that went around mm-hmm. where everybody sort of played a year of the Dwarf Fortress right. cycle. Right. Um, I mean, I, I think that's actually a really interesting social dynamic. You get 10 people doing that, and right. it gets really interesting. But that kind of like hot-seating a single-player game, I've yeah. done that on the couch, particularly with console games, tons, mm-hmm. where it's yeah. like, you know, I play level, yeah. I hand it to somebody else, they play another level, uh, you know, especially if there's a story. I think in strategy games, that's probably less common. Yeah, well, I think probably is. I I also just sorry, uh, Rob. I just will finish that thought that I also. I mean, it's not. I did that with multiple multiple games. I also did that with uh, the original Jagged Alliance, uh, with uh, a different friend again. I mean, it's just sort of a way to um, and these games that were and <clears throat> it also was a you know particular time in my life where I had more time to spend, uh, you know, just sitting around a computer and drinking beer. Um, that sort of early twenties time when you can a whole bunch of stuff but um i i think that uh oh another game I, we did that with it was odium actually um but uh I, I think that it's that's a really really rewarding uh way to play a game it's not like it's not really a successor game because you're just hot seating right a successor game you're really passing it off like you play it once and everybody plays it once it's like 20 different people play but uh uh, I think that that sort of because <clears throat> what would happen is you would, uh, for example, in XCOM, uh, you know, those characters since characters were persistent. If we had a really good, uh, you know, particular squad member, uh, you know, each person would be tasked with trying to preserve that guy, but then he would also try to finish the mission. And so, you know, the guy might, uh, you know, de- depending on how much danger you wanted to put the put that guy in. Uh, but then you also wanted to level them up or, you know, get them uh, more skilled. So, uh, you know, th- create this interesting dynamic of, you know, somebody being like, don't put that, he's going to, you're going to kill him. I need him for the next mission. Right. And so, um, uh, I really, really enjoyed that. I haven't, haven't done that in, you know, a decade. That, that, that's, that's a sort of shared gaming that, you know, it's really happens in very specific circumstances. I mean, that was really a time when the, you know, you had more time, but these are also very long games. And you like right. to share the experiences with people. The internet infrastructure wasn't as right. weren't really as many great places to talk to your friends and share experiences. There wasn't YouTube where you could watch playthroughs and you could you could. But this is this was a really great. This sort of a special time um, right. for games that was kind of allowed to share gaming. I mean, I guess my big shared game experience with my ex-wife uh, when she had carpal tunnel and couldn't play games anymore, so she would want to play Baldur's Gate. Mm. So I would do all the driving. Mm-hmm. I would control everything, but she would tell me what to do. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I just, Everyone's just interpreting the story. I know. I ex-wife would tell me what to do. That, that was a very, it was, but it was a, really brought us closer together. It was a great, fun thing to do. Um, I could give my advice, and she could tell me, no, I, I know D&D better than you do because I DM'd and you never did. Uh, always marry a nerd, people. Um, and... And then I'd get to a store, and she'd shop for three hours because... 
could never have enough flaming arrows. Hmm. Uh, so, but it was something that uh, we did, and it was a, it wasn't, but it wasn't really co-op. It was, but it was shared. It was a shared experience. Um, and when she decided to finish Throne of Ball without me, I felt a little bit let down. Uh, so there we go. But yeah, I, I think that's it's not quite co-op, but it's really you're both on the same side, having the same experience, and that's really what good co-op gaming should have. Um, the opportunity where both sides feel they're contributing, that you don't have one person driving all the time, um, unless it's your wife giving you orders. Uh, and it's the experience is mutual, but everyone's making their own independent choices and taking the risks, and it's a shared victory or defeat. Um, I think that's what makes co-op gaming so what makes it, what a good co-op gaming experience is like. I don't think Civ works very well as a co-op game. Um, probably because even though a lot of people in the Civ community play co-op, they play comp stomps a lot. I know that the uh, Dan Quick and the Polycast, I think they have a new name now uh, for the Civ-based podcast. I think it's just all turn-based games now. Uh, they do a weekly co-op Civ game and you know they've invited me to join but I just but, can't but imagine there's not a lot of but there's not a lot of shared well, that's gameplay the thing. in a co-op that's Civ thing. game right it's, a good yeah. co-op game has to involve more than just being in the same universe right I mean it's a little yes. bit like having a dive buddy right having a dive buddy when you're underwater who's actually experiencing the dive with you is one thing having a dive buddy who's 15 feet away you just know where he is in case you need to go get air from him is a totally different experience and playing co-op in something like like Civ is really just sort of like a same world, same day kind of co-op, really. Um, you know, I mean, you'll coordinate some things, but it's not like you're sharing resources and sharing intelligence, and it's not really designed to do that, right? Versus a, a you know, a good co-op board game, or or even something like um, I, I'll come back to Men of War Assault Squad, right? The ability to move units around that are spawned, so that the guy who can't handle having fifteen units, like say me, can can shovel off the new resource to somebody who's really good at doing that. Yeah. Right. Or or to be able to say, okay, well, we've got a tank coming in. Who's really good with the tank? Right. That and, and how are you going to spend your money? And who's in charge of spending the money and figuring out where deployments go? Right. Those are the things that make for a really rewarding co-op experience. You know, I guess, I guess when I when I think of like Civ co-op, I I, I don't think in terms of I don't, I don't think in terms of like comp stomps. For me, when I think of co-op Civ. Again, I just I just go back to sort of what Bruce was talking about, like the sitting side by side, and those weren't so much cooperative because usually when that was happening, one person was learning the game and one person was sort of being the interactive civilopedia. That was mm. the role they were playing. But I remember like that was a really fun way to get into Civ, where you know with each new Civ, I, I you know the, the same friend that I couldn't play cooperative StarCraft with uh, was actually the guy who got me into Civ. And with with each new sieve, he got it first, and he would like sort of suss it out, and then I would come over and we'd sit down, and he would be like talking me through the ramifications of all these decisions, and like, you know, I I still remember sitting there as he like starts breaking down religion for me in Civ Four, and I'm just like, no way, and, you know, and learning how like culture works, uh, you know, so so that that was a lot of fun, and I think that's 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 ideally sort of the role that. Uh, you know, at at its best, I think you know, co-op is is the best way to is the best way to learn a game. I'm also nostalgic though for uh, again, sort of the thing that Bruce was talking about, uh, where just being able to tag team it uh, was a different sort sort of cooperativeness. But it was perfectly it's perfectly suited for those like marathon like games. Uh, for me, it was 
the the first uh, the first two Total War games, Shogun and Medieval, where a, a a friend and I would start games up, and we would just alternate battles, and uh, you know sort of sort of talk through who we were going to who we were going to whack next, and uh, yeah, the Pope always go for the Pope. No, no, you don't go for the Pope because you're gonna have to fight him every year because there's always a new Pope and you have to like shoot him. Huh. Uh, although the exactly. best part was when the new Pope showed up with uh, new Pope. He's he's like Coke too. Uh, mm. When the new Pope showed up, he always showed up with these ridiculously huge armies, and uh, we we had those what were those really crappy cannons uh, in in medieval. They were basically like metal hoops, and you fired a cannonball through it. Hmm. Um. Anyway, anyway yes, yeah, so they're these primitive cannons. But so this whole army's lined up, and the Pope starts charging forward, and uh, the first shot. From our from our crummy blunderbuss cannon, uh, killed him, and we you know we, we, you know we were talking about that for years basically. Wow. Yeah. I loved it when that happened. Can't kill a pope, <laughs> but I mean I think that's one of the appeals of co-op gaming. <coughs> Excuse me, is that you get those stories right? right? And while and when you're playing a competitive strategy game, you know. It, especially one that's lengthy, right? You can talk about, like, who won a big game of ASL or who, even just who won the last game of A Few Acres of Snow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you right. have some big epic game that really goes on forever and you remember the story of that game. But when you do that with somebody, and it's, I think that there's a real, um, you know, you're bonding about the same side of the same experience. And I think part of the thing that's interesting about Comp Stomps is, um, it's it's actually pretty rare the game that can blend that experience of feeling casual and having fun in a comp stomp and also still feel that good competitively. Um, I mean, I keep coming back to League of Legends on that front a little bit because it all comes down to how well you the system matches you up on skill levels, right? right. Because I'd actually generally rather play against real people because it's much more satisfying when you know you actually won a game against right. a bunch of people. Uh, and even if you I, lose... <sighs> If you lost in an interesting way, that's a more interesting story than crap. I'm not good enough to beat the goddamn bots. Right. Um, and so, League of Legends, I think, does that skill matching stuff really well. Um, you, you know, you're right. Something like Company of Heroes it would never occur to me to go into a game like that feeling sort of casual about it and co-op-y. Hmm. Why? Why not? Because I'm not going to be good enough, right? I mean, part of the part of the allure of, I mean, like you were saying, part of the allure of being able to jump into a co-op game of Company of Heroes or Men of War Assault Squad or something like that is that I know I can play with somebody who's much better than I am, and I'm going to learn a bunch of stuff. And he'll still have a fun experience, right? But if you're going to go and it's like some ranked server match thing, then you just feel bad for, like, dragging this guy down all the time. Right, 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 right. No, I, oh, I, I see your point. But, but, but that's totally where the, where the comp stomp. Uh, you know, comes in because then who cares? You know, who cares if you get beat by the computer? You you start over. You know, again two minutes later. But what what I do find can be an issue in these games is playing Company of Heroes at a difficulty level where it's actually like challenging. The game is also actually pretty fast too. And you know, the, unlike in, unlike in a game like uh, Sins of a Solar Empire. Or which is really long, no matter what. Yeah. Right, and there's sort of a there's sort of a slow buildup. So there's a lot of time for like just you know social interaction, just sort of, you know chatting, making plans, and everything. You can sort of see things developing, and you can work together to figure out what to do about them. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, my experience with like co-op relic games in, in a lot of cases is from the moment the match like starts, it's just like go go go. You know, like you know, it's 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 less um. 
you know, it, it feels like, yeah, I guess it just feels less social. You know, it's all very, it's all very down to business where I, I guess sort of what you're talking about, Bruce, where it's like, uh, for, for you make it sound a little casual in my experience though, it's usually like, Oh God, we got we got a panzer coming down, coming down this way. We need to lay mines, get, and everyone's speaking a machine gun pace and mm. then all hell breaks loose and you don't have that. Um, you know, co- co-op gaming, I guess mm-hmm. is, is my favorite way to do it, I guess is just, is just really sort of a chill experience right well i mean i i we don't get i don't know that we get that invested in it i mean we it's world war ii bruce how can you not be invested in world <laughs> war ii you live for world war ii yeah good point good point uh i just well i just i just feel that uh uh you know i i i know i know that it, i i won in the end so this this uh, it's only a temporary setback but uh <laughs> <laughs> You win this round, SS division. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it, it's. It, I've had multiple experiences where we start, and then you know, I get my uh, I get my marching orders, and then you know, ten minutes later, it's like, uh, we got to restart this. I'm like, why? It's like because uh, I'm getting overrun by uh, you know tiger tanks. And, oh, why? He's like. I, why is that happening? He's like, ah, because I screwed something up, whatever, and he explains, and I don't understand what he's talking about, and then we just restart the game and do something else. It just, it's, it's extremely... I, I love playing multiplayer games. I will never, ever again in my life have the time to, or really the inclination to spend a whole bunch of time in a multiplayer game, getting as good at it as I should be to play competitively. Right. Um... And uh, I, I just the the I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to war game having that uh, having that um, cooperative element put in it. But because um, I think that's really one of the last sort of like last refuges for people like me um, who have uh, you know interesting games but kind of don't want to spend a whole bunch of time can't spend a whole bunch of time even playing single player so you basically have to immediately jump into if you want to play a game the only way i'm going to play games now really is to try to jump into a multiplayer game with people that i know so i can use my limited time to you know satisfy multiple desires which is uh you know talk to my friends uh play a game relax and all those things sort of converge on um uh multiplayer uh cooperative Sort of real-time strategy games, which doesn't work as well with uh, um, with the board games for some reason. Julian, I I, uh, I downloaded uh, or I bought um, Ghost Stories based on your recommendation, and uh, I really like that game. Uh, I think it's impossible, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very hard game. Yeah, yeah, but um, you know, I, I'm not sure that I would enjoy that as much. Um, sort of multiplayer. Uh, I, I'm just sort of trying to imagine, and for the for the listeners, uh, Ghost Stories is a game that we touched on briefly, uh, very briefly. Uh, I think Julian just mentioned it uh, when we were talking about iPad games. It's a uh, it's a game where you uh, basically there's a there's a village which is being haunted by ghosts, and you have to exorcise them using the power of Buddhism. And 
Which is and, as ridiculous and, as it sounds. Yeah, it's yeah. But it, I, I, mean, I thought that was I thought it was a Bruce joke. Really? No, no, no. You actually no. Yeah. Oh no! You actually, your monks, use has, your monks have little abilities to. It, it's it's you could make it an abstract game very easily. The the, the, sure. the, the it's a pretty thin layer of uh, yeah. of theme. Oh, so it's yeah. Stephen Seagal Buddhism. Okay. And, uh, and it's really it's really more of a puzzle game, and I agree. Yeah. I, I I've played that in person with real people, um, and it lends itself to so much analysis paralysis, and it yes. does fundamentally, um, while everybody's sort of trying to beat the game, um, everybody's fundamentally kind of playing their own game. So right. it's it's kind of like four player multiplayer solitaire, where you have to wait a long time for somebody else to make up their mind. Right. Well, but uh, on the other hand, you you there are optimal moves for someone else to do to to make your move as optimal as possible so you do have to sort of discuss and like i said before it's really a solitaire game which you could i mean you could just as easily there's nothing about the game that you, you don't break any rules by playing it solitaire nope, as a, not at all. a multiplayer yeah. game whereas you know some other games you know you might have lim- information that's limited to a Right, and I think that's what makes that's what makes a bad co-op game, right? Unless you've got a group of people that's really dedicated to making it a fun co-op experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you don't have, when there's no difference between me and you, when everything's mm-hmm. sort of out on the table, um, it, right, it loses sort of its gaminess in a sense, and it really just becomes like people taking turns flipping it's over a, cards in the solitaire. It, it's deck. a puzzle. Well, it's a puzzle, right? I mean, right. Ghost Stories is a puzzle. There are optimal, although there's the the dice element, so you know, bad moves can be uh, can be redeemed to some extent by getting a good role. Yeah, there, there's luck. But but if you think about something like Pandemic, which I think is sort of one of the first big co-op board yes. games that mm-hmm. sort of which kicked is, off this, this rash of them. Um, which is out for the iPad, by the way. Yep. And, oh, it is? Yeah, it's uh, called... Uh, it's called... Uh, oh, there's a copy op, version. Op, yeah, I mean, it's called Operation Exterminate or something like that, and it's not a, uh, it's not a virus. It's zombies, because those are better. But... Um, but yeah, it's bas- I mean, it's basically pan. It's almost exactly right. pandemic. And and pandemic has very little hidden information. There's very little different. I mean, everybody has a little sort of sub power they can do that nobody else can do. But it's very limited in terms of one person versus another. Right. And a lot of people play that by playing everybody's hands open so yep. that everybody can see what everybody else's cards are, which isn't actually sort of the canon way to play. But a lot of people play it that way. And at that point, really. One person who's loud or drunk can just take over the whole game because they'll just yeah. be like, and then on your turn you do this, and then on your turn you do that, and then on right. turn four we'll win. Right. And it's right. like, okay, well, I can watch you solve a crossword puzzle too, you know. Yeah. That's that's a tough balance to strike because I've definitely had games that turn into that where one person is plotting out like the next five moves. And, yeah, that's, that's not terribly interesting at all. But at the same time, my favorite experiences with uh, Pandemic tend to be these, uh, you know, boy, aren't we screwed type moments. And then we're all sitting there, like, staring hard at the board, and then somebody finally has a eureka moment. Yes. Where they're like, no, wait, we can save this. And then everyone sort of gathers around and listens to... Listens Bring to me more gin! <laughs> that too. <laughs> but but I, I really, like, the, those, are, those are the best moments in that game. It's, it's this tough... It's this tough balance to strike between, in any co-op game, probably some player, some, one of the players is either going to be more competent or simply more knowledgeable. Right. And, you know, you don't, you don't want the game to encourage you, to encourage that person to take it over. And I think right. Pandemic sort of does. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, I guess, an advantage that, you know, a lot of, 
uh, computer strategy games have actually is that it's very you know you can't really just take over for the person playing your ally in an RTS or something. Right. You can advise them. You right. can do you know you can right. you can be a jerk like right. Julian there, and say do this. Certainly in an RTS, there's actually some level of skill, not just uh, strategic thinking, right? I mean, like um, be, actually being able to manipulate the game reasonably competently is right. a big part of playing right. an RTS well, especially if it's a fast-paced RTS, right? Less so in Sins of a Solar Empire. Uh, what, but, I mean, oh. do we know what... what? Uh, oh, stop. It's Operation Eradicate. My mistake. So anybody out there looking for Pandemic on your iPad, Operation Eradicate. Uh, it's only an i. Uh, there's an iPhone version, but apparently so it's, it's, it's a two. pandemic clone. It's basically a pandemic clone where the virus is zombies. Which I have mixed uh, feelings about because I don't. I, I'd rather wait till they actually come out with the real pandemic and the guy who invented the game gets a check. But yeah, yeah. So I, I understood. Uh, but the, I guess my question was going to be: Can you think of any game, any any cooperative game that doesn't have an adversarial element, like so for example, Shadows Over Camelot? Um, which uh, which does do a good job of separating the players. Hmm. Well, okay. So, what do you mean? Because uh, like, pandemic doesn't have an adversarial element, except that you're trying right, to. Right, but but and I and I don't think it does a particularly good job of segregating the players. That's, right? that's, that requires that's, a bit yeah, of an that's okay, 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 okay. No, yeah, that requires okay. like a social yeah. contract you, you at the my, table. You see, my question, my point is yeah, that, now we got that it. right yeah. because if you have an adversarial element, then you automatically segregate the players, right? Because there's a traitor, so that's secret. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying if you if you take that mechanic out, um, like for example, Lord of the Lord of the Rings, uh, Kinesia's uh, cooperative Lord of the Rings. Um, can you? Sh- I can't remember. I haven't played that in so long. Can uh, and I should have been prepared by uh, doing my research beforehand. Uh, can you look at each other's card hands? I think you can't. Right. I mean, and that's how that's the way most co-op games try to get around this is you have right. hidden information, which is what you've got. But it, it, again, it requires a pretty significant social contract for people to keep that rule and not to just right. tell each other what they've got. Right. right? So, and, I, and when I think about games like um, Arkham Horror or something like that, yeah, um, yeah, you know, those, you know, the the separation of the players is is largely a function of their abilities and their location. And and while they're storytelling games, um, Betrayal at House on the Hill is another one that comes to mind there, yeah. which becomes mm-hmm, right. adversarial, but at least starts completely cooperative. Right. Um, they're uh, much more well, about I, telling I, the story I, I, than really solving a strategic puzzle. I was just sent that game. Is that any good? Betrayal? Betrayal it's fantastic. It no, it's okay. not. Okay. <laughs> it, it's not? Okay. It can be fantastic with the right group of people. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I shouldn't judge. I, I think I, I think I had one mediocre experience. But between that and um, I, I tend to lump games like that, games like that, and maybe uh, Ravenloft a little bit. I, I'm slowly coming to the conclusion that maybe board games like that just are not my bag. <laughs> so that's. I mean, I guess that would be my caution. Is yeah. that it's. I, I, I think these are these are sort of a specialty case of games, and I think you're either in or you're out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't really enjoy. I gotta say. Um, I've I have uh, played uh, Arkham Horror uh, multiple times with multiple people, and why I don't think we ever f- I think actually we might have finished one game. I mean it takes so long, especially when you add more people, it takes so long. Um, but uh, I don't I mean I, I other than just interacting with people and saying and, you know look, saying ooh look at my cool whatever uh, you know magic item that I just found. Um, I mean, you can play Arkham Horror once again. That you can completely play that as a solitaire game. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why that's what I mean is that those games are as much about 
in a sense, telling a story. You play that, play those types of games with people who are sort of smelly hippie role playing gamers, and right. they become a lot of fun. Yeah, but they're not strategy games. They're really just not. Right. Well, that I mean, Ar- Arkham Horror's not. I mean, uh, uh, I would disagree with that on uh, Kinesia's um, uh, Lord of the Rings game. I think. That's, yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's a, sure. There's, sure. there's I mean, ways to really optimize yeah. those. Yes. Uh, I mean, you can play. You play that. the The tenth time you play that, you have a lot more insight into it than the first time you play that. But um, for sure, uh, what other, what other? Um, I, I can't think. I can't. I, I asked the question. I can't. I can't answer my own question. I can't well, I think thinking, of a good. Go ahead. Maybe. I mean, would we? Would we still? Would we? Would we? Would we sweep? Um, last night on Earth, under that rug of, of sort of games where there's a storytelling component, and that's the reason yes. that. Okay. Yes, I, yeah. I think absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and again, love it, and or or um, uh, not Revenge from Mars, uh, the the space right, thing, right, right. which actually I think is a superior game, um, but but you know also is really just as much about telling the story as anything, right? It's about <laughs> the things that string together to tell a funny story as much as anything. Okay, but you know, but at the same time, though, I mean, so so kind of what what they're doing though is recreating, they're they're kind of recreating the. The stories you get out of, uh, you know, like PC games where you're where you're playing against an AI, where now it's you know where the adversary is is just happens to be a computer, but now it's 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 you and you and your buddy, you know, forming the, forming this close collaboration. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? Like what these what these are doing, what a game like uh, Last Night on Earth does is you each play a character, and what the characters have quirks. Uh, you might have a secret agenda. You know, there's there's cards played on the characters. Like, you know, I have to get to, I have to, I have to rescue my mom or something. And a character has to go and play counter to his his or her self interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, so you create these you create these narrative situations. Uh, but but ultimately, what it's all it really is trying to set up is for these great moments where you know the other players have to rally and, and come to their rescue. Um, and I mean, again, that just that takes me back to that takes me back to PC games, uh, you know. Particularly, honestly, particularly uh, shooters. Uh, I mean, if I were to say like, if I were to say what what is my quintessential like, what is my perfect co-op game? Uh, it would probably be the Left 4 Dead series. Yeah, although I mean, I I've enjoyed the fact that increasingly co-op has become quite strategic in those things. With the horde mode and gears being the main example, where horde mode and gears was actually kind of a tower defense game that was played in shooter clothing, um, and and was done cooperatively. I mean, I thought that was a brilliant little twist on what 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 can get to be kind of a sort of tired run and gun, stick four guys in the room and push them forward. You know, co-op experience. I agree. Left 4 Dead 2, I mean, fantastic, right? great game. But I, I've actually really dug that the last couple of iterations that we've seen have had a lot more strategy. It's sort of Horde, Syndicate had a mode that was like that. Um, we've even seen that with Mass Effect 3 has a, has a mode that's actually quite strategic and not just a, you know, a run-and-gun shooter co-op experience. So I, I think people are starting to play with that a little bit more, and I'm dying to see more of that stuff in sort of big AAA games that aren't necessarily strategy games. Well, and so, and something else, a common thread to a lot of these is it seems like the most uh, the most popular form of cooperative gameplay 
is sort of the Alamo type situation. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Last Man Standing type game or a or a horde mode or anything like that, but just a, just a game where you and like a small group of players squares off against overwhelming odds. And honestly, if I if I think about my, my like my favorite co op experiences in like RTSs, they actually tend to be they tend to be the same way because when I play like co-op RTS. It's a great story, right? Those are great stories to tell. Right, and I tend to crank the difficulty just past the point where I'm really comfortable, you know, where it's like we're going to really need to, uh, you know, turtle up and kick some ass in order to ride this out. Uh, and this goes back to, I mean, I, I remember, you know, the first, the first game I really got into cooperatively was Command & Conquer Red Alert. Uh, because do you remember how the the AI even at, like if you cranked it to medium or hard or something like that the AI was just able to like just start machining tanks out like you know in the first five minutes it would wait and wait and wait and then it would rush you so you had to sort of disrupt that but but the one the one guaranteed way to get it to come rush you with everything was attack a harvester and so. Basically, what that what that created was just it was just a countdown timer where me and my friend would go in, and we'd immediately you know start furiously like uh, trying to boom the economy and then build up enough forces and dig in so that we could send out one like crummy light tank, take a little like plink off the harvester, and then you know they would hit us with everything, and and that that was the moment that never got old. Like whether we won or lost, we we lived for that moment where. You know, in the minimap, you just saw the tide of AI colors sweeping across the map at you, uh, and that's and and that's what we were playing for. And if we if we won, the mopping up was always sort of anticlimactic. Uh, if we lost, actually, I think we had more fun when we lost because it, it was it was great that steady like erosion of your position. Uh, and I guess that's that's still kind of what I look for in co op games, and I think that's I think that's one reason that we've enjoyed playing so much um, Men of War uh, co op, Julian. Is that the the entire co op? All the co op scenarios are basically uh, you versus overwhelming forces. Overwhelming odds, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Except maybe the barbecue scenario. <laughs> that would, <laughs> but even then, that, that was actually pretty great. But yeah, that was, that's a well designed scenario. In fact, uh, it's just absurd. I don't know what barbecue scenario is. It doesn't sound very historic. There, there's all. a scenario where you're actually trying to go get all the ingredients for a barbecue and constantly getting attacked on the way. I can't believe you never read about this, Bruce. In, mm-hmm. uh, in nineteen in June of nineteen forty five, uh, the the Allies had a barbecue in Germany, huh, and they really? had to go. They had to go. Yes, uh, they, they sent a small elite commando force out to get good German beer, and cows and chickens, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and they brought it back to a grill that they'd uh, set. And I don't know. I think I think Zhukov may have been the cook. Who knows? Interesting. But yeah, famous, famous, famous historical example. Okay, Absolutely take... historically accurate. Yes. Really? Yes, very. Okay. Good. All right. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to look it up. Uh, so, what? How often do you? I, I'm curious. How often do you guys actually play uh, cooperatively compared to your adversarial uh, online uh, type games? Seventy-five percent for me. I would say. I play so little online as it is, but I would say it's probably half and half. Okay. And and how does it how what's a what engenders a co-op type session for you? Is it you uh just want to play a game or you want to 
interact with somebody that you haven't talked to or you have a regular group and they just say, oh, mostly, hey, you know. Mostly I want to chat, right? Usually it's right. like, oh, Sean, like, you know, I've had a rough day. Let's hop into something. And hmm. if you're going to hop okay. into something, it's not going to be something where we're going to try to kill each other. Mm. It's going to be something, you know, light that we can do. I mean, I was thinking about great co-op experiences, mm-hmm. like just the, in the broadest sense. And probably the longest running co-op experiences I've ever had have been regular uh, MMO groups, right? Ah, Which, yeah, exactly. That's a great Yeah, We haven't even talked about MMOs. Right. I mean, so like World of Warcraft, you know, at the highest level when you're just plowing through dungeons i mean it's just purely a system optimization exercise you're not there's certainly not any role playing going on right and so you hop talking about oh you're crazy (laughs) you hop on chat with like four buddies and you just shoot the shit for like like a poker night for three or four hours and drink beer while you just clean out dungeons right and there's Mm -hmm. enough going on in the game that it's tactically interesting but it's not particularly demanding um, and you don't really care if you wipe and all that stuff. But that was probably, I mean, I did that solid for two <laughs> years. I still do it probably every other Monday night with the same group of people. Mm. Um, and that's probably most the most satisfying gaming I do, even though, honestly, it's pretty lightweight. It's not like it takes a lot of intellectual firepower to, you know, grind through dungeons or World of Warcraft or Rift or anything. But do you yeah, type I and hail? So. Because if you do that, then you're role-playing, right? What? Yeah. <laughs> Just to, no, we when don't you see do somebody any type... of that crap. Huh, interesting. Because you type out, Bruce plays on a yeah. role-playing yeah. server. He's, role-playing server, yeah. There you he go. He has an outfit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I play. It's a game I want to play. I mean, it, I don't have a regular uh, co-op group, but if someone's reviewing a game and I have it and say, hey, do you have this? Can we try it out? Or they want to learn the game uh, and they know that I've played it, then yeah, I and mean, that's what I generally use it for. Like, I don't multiplayer as much as I used to. I just don't have the time and... You know, people have their own lives and schedules, and I'm an old man, so it's. I should play more than I do. Uh, I should certainly be gaming more than I do. Uh, I should be writing more than I do. Everything I do, everything more than I'm doing. Right. Uh, yeah. But uh, in general, and that's I don't I don't have a regular group. I don't have an MMO group. I don't have gamers with jobs all around me. You've got uh, you've got us. Yeah, I know. You guys <laughs> play games I suck at. Also, Sins of Slaughter takes forever, but I do want to play that tower defense one. Can you play Sins of? So I have been trying to play Sins of a Solar Empire. Is is the are the servers all jacked up or something? Because so we tried to play it just I don't know a few months ago, and uh, it was it was basically unplayable for the three of us. Huh. Really? I haven't played I it in a few know. months, so I would know. Yeah, yeah. I we all now, using... now I got to go fire it up. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Let's we'll find out. Report back. That's your assignment. We'll do an investigation. So, yeah. So I have another question for you guys, if I can just ask. So, yeah. you know, we're talking about cooperative gaming and, and, and uh, you know, you guys are all communists. So do you think the government should pay people to play games together? <laughs> they should pay me to play games with you. Is this your, is this your new uh, political plan for the prosperity of America, Bruce? No, I'm just wondering if that's what you guys think, because I think that that's all that all kind of philosophically comes, you know, sort of flows from what, uh, you know, how you guys sort of think about the world. No, but the government should make sure that if you're bringing in more resources than your uh, ally, uh, he still gets half of whatever you bring in, uh, so that hmm. everyone has the exact same resources in an RTS, oh, uh, okay. because then you'll have a stronger team and a stronger then country. Then it'll be fair. That's so, a good gameplay yeah. mechanic, yeah. I, actually, I, I'll stand behind the Men of War Assault Squad system, which is, you know, if stuff comes up that I don't need, I can voluntarily choose to put that back into the collective, right? It's kind of a libertarian model. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, well, see that 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 sort of gives the gives the individual the final uh, <laughs> final. Uh, good. Oh God, I love it. 
Sounds yeah. good to me. I'd never All really right. thought of Men of War at Salt Squad as a libertarian dogma, but I guess it really is. That's uh, this is this is the kind of ground we break on this show. If you're new to Three Moves Ahead, I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, people from the uh, Idle Thumbs are going to be like, "Huh, let's check out the show," and then it's uh, you know, it's like, "Oh, it's great. We've they've heard some kind of like psycho political freaks." Only uh, one psycho political freak. Yeah, that that only happens when you're on the show, Bruce. Mm. Oh, good point. Yeah, I I I I, uh, I disagree there. I think I bring <laughs> a, a a voice of sanity to. Uh, or political thinking here. All of us communists. <laughs> Not unlike the role Glenn Beck played for the uh, political discourse. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've sort of been seeing the praises uh, of co-op, co-op gaming, but I mean, you know, so, so there's that true, the, there's that truism that you know co-op is just automatically more fun. But can you think of like games that just ha- just are like crap co-op? Like I mean, other than the, the, Civ, we hit Civ. Yeah, exactly, and it's like I mean, just I, I suppose like a crap game is probably just you know going to be garbage no matter what. But like, you know, any games where like you you think this should be really fun, but it just it just doesn't it doesn't work. I think it depends on the type of co-op game you're playing. I think StarCraft, for example. I mean, it's a great co-op game for people who know the game well. I'm not necessarily sure it's a great game for teaching somebody in co-op because there is so much going on. Um, if you're both playing the same race, that's great. But if somebody wants to play Zerg and the other, the new person is stuck playing Terran for some reason, then things might not make much sense to them. Uh, so I think if you're playing that kind of co-op game, co-op to teach, co-op to bring people along, I think the more complicated the game is, the more sophisticated and asymmetrical it is, I think the harder it is, unless they know the system already. There were Formula uh, One games. Uh, there's no co. There's no co-op in Formula One. There are no. T- there are no t- 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 team orders. Every racer is out for themselves. Yeah. So that's a sucky co-op game. So I. I answered the question. There you go. No, it has to. Tr- it has to be trying, Bruce. Wait, has, has there has to yeah. actually be an effort made. Yeah, that was in the. No that was in the parameters of the question that you it's asked. Like saying, I feel it's like saying Doom Deathmatch was a shitty co-op game. Like, come on. I, I, I'm just working within what I get. You know, you guys kind of put it out there, and I and I, I hit it out of the park, and then you try to like uh, you know try to knock me down. That's fine. Like, I, like all know. communists do. I know. Yeah. So so here's good. here's something because I because it just this brought it to mind, and we never did it, and I, we really should have. <laughs> uh, it's. Do you remember like so? What was it? Gettysburg Scourge of War had this thing where you could like co-op as different like division generals for like the union or confederate armies like basically like you you'd play that you could like you know i'll be this brigade you be that brigade and you be the division commander or or whatever combination you wanted but basically you could like slot in humans uh in the roles of generals who'd be fighting a battle and we never did it but it always sounded like the coolest damn idea well, you can do that with. I mean, that's a that's a, a sort of a standard board game kind of uh, fix to um, games that are big uh, or games that have different form. That, that's actually. Uh, I was just a few months ago uh, at our uh, local game store. There was a, a game where a bunch of guys came and and played. Uh, a, I think it was a first bull run. Uh, game a board game where they just had you know the union guys and the the confederate guys and each you know had a different division because of the command rules uh it was very difficult to have you know different uh players take command off of uh, off of their separate headquarters so you could eat you know each person was was kind of naturally controlling a, a, a given number of 
of units. So uh, that's 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 kind of a that's kind of a standard war game mechanism for. And and in big games, you can split up uh, like uh, 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 Operation Barbarossa type really big games. You say, well, okay, I'm just going to control Army Group North or something like that. Right, and that's like playing Overlord in uh, in uh, any of the Command and Colors games, right? Where somebody just controls one piece of the field. Right. Yeah, I don't know, but that's all, that's what seems sort of like epic weak sauce. Game, yeah. I haven't played the epic rules in Command and Colors, but I. Why is it weak sauce? I don't know. So, so when I look at, when I think of a game like Scourge of War, for instance, I mean, you know, I mean that's a game where the, the you know so the the smallest like component you can move in that game is like a regiment, right? So there's actually benefit to be gained by like being able to have someone like micromanage their units a little more carefully. Uh, basically, you you know you sort of step into the shoes, and now instead of like managing you know, two divisions and, like, six brigades and however many regiments, uh, now, now you're managing, like, half of that or a third of that. And at that point, you're, you're playing a sort of different game. You're, you're playing differently, and it would sort of seem like the cooperation is... Like, like there is actual... There is actual cooperation, whereas... I don't know, like, the, the, command, the, the command colors o- overlord system, it's like, so basically you take one person's, you, you take one person's role, and now you've just got, like, again, like, three people, three people yeah, are playing yeah. it. it. But it's, it it's the, sa- it's it the same thing, whereas I think there's sort of a difference that happens if you were to do that in Scourge of War. Troy, do you agree you're the sort of the yeah, poster I mean, boy for command and colors? I think the epic rules are pretty weak. I mean, it's, uh, it's the way I've, I haven't played it, but as I understand it, it's a lot of... The over general looks at his cards and gives them to the other guys, and they do what they want with them. And generally, the options of command and colors cards don't give you a whole lot of uh, room for maneuver. Um, there is, the, of course, the option for a general can take initiative if he doesn't get a card to act uh, on that turn for the overall commander. He can roll dice for initiative and try to move one of his units. Um, and if he fails, I think there's a penalty. Uh, so I don't know the rules that well. Uh, but the epics. Games are they're they're really big, um, which some people like. Just having more things to push around. The decks the deck is larger. Um, there are I overall mean, the, command cards which do change things a little bit. But so so much of the control is in the hands of the overall general that I don't really get the sense of a lot of cooperation so much as okay here's what you're gonna do here's what you're gonna do here's what you're gonna do. And yeah, I mean, not each side really uh, working together. Plus, it does things with the cards where you have the because the boards are split into three divisions, you know, the center, the left, and the right, and they change the rules for what happens when units are on both sides somehow, and I don't quite understand how that works. Yeah. So, I mean, I, uh, some people I understand I really like the epics, and if, hey, if you like CNC epics, uh, feel free to fill the comments and explain why it works. Um, for I've, me, I've played it, it mostly... I've, I've mostly played it at conventions where people play with miniatures, so you're dealing with a board that's 14 feet wide. Um, mm. Yep. And, and that, and I've done that with with memoir. I've done it with. I've seen it done with the commanding colors. I haven't played it with the commanding colors rules. Um, I've done it with battle lore. I've done it with. I mean, all the other games in that series. And it's mostly about the spectacle at that point yeah. of having a board that's that huge. And yeah. if if the general plays his cards right, I mean, I'm, I, I I mean that metaphorically. If he does the game accurately and correctly, which is that you don't get to actually talk to your troops. Right? Yeah. You're literally just handing them the card, right. and then you're hoping they understand what you're trying to do. If there are enough units on the board, it, it it actually can be sort of an interesting game of hidden information, but you really need eight people who are really committed to playing it that way and have fun doing that outside of a convention. 
Now, I think that's something else that, uh, I think if you were to play Scourge of Warcraft, and this is what, this is why we have to do it, we just have to do it, okay, this summer. The, the, like, all of us, we're gonna do this, right? Okay. In honor of Gettysburg, let's, let's do all it. Right. Because, because, okay, you know, because instead of, like, getting on Skype or whatever, and, like, having this telepathic link, you know, between, like, Longstreet and Harry Heath or something, like, you know, there's this mechanic, um, in Scourge of War where, you know, the messengers are a presence on the battlefield. Like, if you cut an order or relay information to another general, some dude has to ride out from your HQ and carry that across the battlefield and get it to the other commander. And that, I don't know, this is, I mean, this is always fascinating. I mean, this is why I so want to do it. Because I, I love the idea of us having to work within the, uh, you know, the order forms. Or if well, we, know. we we should do a whole show on hidden information because like the best games, <laughs> one of the best games I've ever played was Blind Risk Twenty Two Ten, where you had uh, oh, all the players were in separate rooms and, and oh there god, were you're no my god, it was incredible. You've got to runners... be joking. You ha- okay? Keep going. Then I'm gonna go insane. I'm gonna go ape right. in about two so, seconds. Finish. S- <laughs> So each group had two. I mean, there were there were a couple of GMs running between the rooms and making sure all the boards were set correctly. And each team, each you know, each player had one guy who was playing the board in front of him and a runner who was able to, with certain parameters, go and spy on another player to see where they were, but they couldn't take any notes. So they would have to say, okay, this guy's doing this, and he's made these investments, and he has these kinds of generals in twenty two ten. Oh my all these god, different kinds of generals, and it was fucking amazing because there was this fog of war right and then when a battle happened you went to like another room and the the pieces were put on a board and you just rolled the dice for the battle it was was incredible doing this it was it was the ultimate fog of war game it was fantastic it was one of the best strategic experiences of my life okay i can't i can't explain to you how ridiculous it is (laughs) you (laughs) that you guys had the ability to put like multiple players in multiple different rooms for a total fog of war game, which almost never happens. And you played Risk. 2210. <laughs> you played You're like a war criminal. <laughs> I was playing with people who helped make the game, so they had six copies. Holy nuts! You could play so many games. You could play like laptop. You could like everybody could like have like an aircraft carrier. You played Risk. <laughs> We could have played flat top. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's numbskull level. Oh, I'm okay. glad that I can bring a little joy and incredulity to your life. Please. Oh my god. You you were like, huh? We have all this like this great thing. We could have this giant limited in, in information fog war game of. I'll just play Risk. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Well, when you it's put like it going, like that, it's like going to a brothel with a billion dollars and just having a drink at the bar. Is what exactly. you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, nice work. All right. So there we go. Now that Julian's giving Bruce heart palpitations, I broke Bruce. He's <laughs> broken the. I mean, podcast. I had other stuff to say, but I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, God. We... Oh man, we probably should wrap it there. Uh, we were... Do you want to go through a couple of announcements <laughs> let's, here? Let's face it, it's not going to get better. No, I, that's kind of the peak there. I think we're done. My um, life may be downhill from here. <laughs> so if, you, if, you're new, if you're new to the podcast, that about sums Julian up. <laughs> has the, yeah. Has this amazing opportunity, playing Risk.
but he did it for a friend. No, no actually, actually I, I will. If if, if uh, our pal Rob Davio ever wants to run any kind of game, I'm pretty much down for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's usually always a great experience. And I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, hidden information like that. You know, maybe there's. You know, maybe some, it makes some risk on that. Why don't we do that? Magically, not suck. We Why don't do we that? play? We could play like a flat top game or something. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. I, I don't. I don't know what flat top is, but I know Bruce, and I know what it sounds like, and I'm not sure. Mm. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what I want in my life. Oh, that's it's a it's a reasonable it's a reasonable trepidation to have. Are we are I'm, we going to be searching the Pacific Ocean for each other's like carrier fleets? Yes, for, like, it's the best hours thing ever. and hours exactly. and hours. It's so, like, yeah. is he there? So. No, it's <laughs> great. It's so so awesome. it's like it's it's like it's like Battleship for people with like PhDs. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. I, hey, have I have a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> There's two I, of us. Yeah, I have a well, question. Well, you two can have you, you two can have lots of fun. <laughs> I, 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 did, did we forget something, by the way? We all probably always do, but I want to beat up a couple of things we have to talk about. But the, the only other question is, I haven't played the game. Do you guys remember a game called Magic Realm? No. Okay. Do you guys know of a game called Mage Knight? Yes. Oh yes. Yep. Okay. So. I'm told I haven't played Mage Knight. I used to play Magic Realm all the time. I'm told Mage Knight is sort of like is like Magic Realm. I was going to ask you guys if that's the case, but I guess the I board don't. game. Yeah. I all I know is somebody I I trust that uh, told me it was the single worst board gaming experience of his life. Really? Okay. Well, because Wait. it's just the idea that you're you're Mage everybody. Not this yeah. is unrelated to the old Mage Knight like click okay. game thing. It's not like the little click bases. Yeah, you talking you about know, new Mage Knight? The new yeah, Mage the new, Knight. I've heard the new it's one, just. Yeah intolerably horrible. I thought that was good. I... Hmm. hmm. Okay. All right, well, we'll have to wait for our uh, D- Mage Knight dedicated podcast. For All right, then, to... I know Troy's got announcements. I have one last question for you guys. Does World in Conflict count as co-op gaming? World you're pl- you're playing it on teams. Which one is that? Is that the, is that That's the, the, the one with the really playing, good explosions? But, but, it's, but it's competitive. It's That's not, the tactical against... nuke one, right? Right, You're yeah. not playing against bots. Yeah, but it's like teams of four on four. I I don't know. I mean, I I don't even remember well, if that's you could like, play it. That's well, like, yeah, it can't, yeah, it I mean, can't be cooperative because it's in conflict. Yeah, but I but the thing is though, like to to have a game work at all of uh-huh. world in conflict, you needed like four people to a side. So I mean, you know, from your perspective, it was it was cooperative. Like it didn't matter who these other people were. It was you and your team figuring out like well, you know you'd be the air guy, you'd be the that's League of Legends, right? That's League of Legends right there. But it says conflict, so it's by definition. It can't be, but League of Legends is a league, so that's like together, so that can be. I don't, I don't. Okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to do this as objectively You're, as possible. He's, he's trolling because we crossed yeah. the hour mark. Right. It's, Game it's criticism t- should t- be objective, guys. It's time for his nap. <laughs> <laughs> time for another beer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Troy. I just want to remind listeners uh, and readers of Flash of Steel that we will be having the seasonal board gaming meetup um, on March 31st at Tequila Bookworm on Queen Street uh, at from 2 to 6 p.m. Uh, it's on the Saturday, a week from this Saturday, so it's coming up pretty soon. Uh, it's only four hours. We're thinking we're going to get, um, Bruce is going to kill me, a copy of Risk Legacy. Mm. And it there will be the, the Fog will, of War yeah. edition. Fog of War edition. Yeah, and it will be uh, kind of the game for the meetups, and uh, we can pass it around. And what what, what when state, we get together. city, country is this, Troy? Ontario. Ah, okay. Ontario, Saskatchewan. 
For people who might Ontario? not be living oh, in the sorry. same city yeah, as you. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so keep it on where I live. I live in Queen Street in Toronto, Ontario. So if you're in the Toronto, uh, Great Lakes area, or you want to drive in from Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit, Boston, North Sudbury? Carolina. Can you come from Sudbury? Uh, yeah, if people want to come from Sudbury, I mean, we don't we look down on Sudburyans, but if they want to come, that's fine. Uh, okay, two to six. It's a good four-hour spread. Uh, we had a small group last time, but it was a lot of fun. So please come out and uh, look for more information on the blog. And All right. Do we want to talk about Excellent. next week's show? Uh, yeah, so next week we're probably going to play host to some of the Idle Thumbs gentlemen and oh. get into a little bit of what we have planned and how this came about and uh, basically how this is going to be a great thing for all parties concerned, uh, including those of you who listen to the show and have like kind of want to engage with it a little more. Uh, you know, I mean, we've, we've always kind of wanted to... Basically, I think it's absurd. The three moves ahead has all these like separate little communities on NeoGAF, something awful quarter to three. No, they screw do that. Oh, oh yeah, we do. How we have we have, we have a huge something awful following, and we are everywhere, dude. Yeah, but okay. no, so Good. so it's time to bring it on home. Okay, okay. like we're gonna like we're going to unite we're have the our Triforce. own home. Yeah. Exactly. But but, much. The, but what we next week show is really a chance for you guys to ask us questions. Yes, uh, uh, ask us ask us lots of questions because we're right taking now we've phone only got, call like, in. One. We're going to take call, phone calls? They can, they, yeah, no, they can email us. Why don't we take phone calls? Because that would okay, require so, technology. Okay. Here's Bruce, what, Bruce can you can answer. send us an email or you can call Bruce. Here's his phone number. <laughs> he will transcribe actually, the question. Actually, send a messenger from Gettysburg. By. He'll send a messenger from Gettysburg to us. And if Julian hasn't fucked up the order, we'll get the message. Excellent. Come on, I'm always the guy fucking up the order. You are, though. You, played, you, you are. Played this, is, this, is, this, is, this is you, this is Men of you War. Are. All my guys are dead. I have no guys. Anyone have a tank? <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> you are such a fucking liar. <laughs> I, my, my hand to God, you can ask anyone who's ever played a game with Julian. That's exactly what ends up happening. Uh, but yeah. So be sure to ask us lots of questions, because uh, right now we don't have anywhere near enough questions, and I know you have them. Uh, so don't make us don't make us fill. Ask us probing, incisive questions. Uh, you know, don't make us come down there. Idle thumbs. Exactly. All right, so uh, until next week, I'll uh, say good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. No, no, stop it. I don't know what that was. It sounded like it's... <laughs> that was a... Know, oh, my like, God. It sounded like a beatboxer just getting like, the shit kicked out of him or something. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Okay. Are we done? I hope we're done. Oh, man, I hope so.